Welcome to the Spirit Stories edition of the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. So happy that you are here because I have some amazing, heartwarming stories that is just going to get you in such an inspired and happy mood for the weekend. I am your host, Heather Danielle. I'm a psychic medium and spiritual gifts mentor. You can find me at therealheatherdanielle.com. But for now, Get cozy, grab your tea, get your coffee, whatever you want, and guess what? We're going to start with our first spirit story. So our first spirit story is actually coming from the Daily Mail uh, UK version, okay? And this is about Sharon Joseph. So this was when she was much younger, and you know what? I'm just going to get right into the story in her In the summer of 1959, when I was seven, my family joined my Uncle David and his three children for our annual holiday to Hailing Island, just off the coast of Hampshire. Uncle David was a bit of a daredevil, and that year he decided it would be fun to take me swimming at high tide when the waves were beating against the harbor wall. He told me he would hold on to me tightly, and he wrapped his arms around me as we ran laughing into the sea. But within moments, a massive wave knocked us off our feet. I remember the force of the water coming up between my uncle's arms, flinging us apart. The next thing I knew, I was on the seabed, gazing around. What has always struck me since it was that I had no fear. It was beautiful down there, full of plants and color, and I paddled along the bottom calmly like a dog, taking it all in. It was then when I saw a figure coming towards me in the water, wispy yet fully formed and beautiful, like a Greek goddess. It felt as if she would take me somewhere, but instead, she took her finger gently to say no and left. In the next moment, I remember my uncle scooping me up and carrying me onto the sand where my mother was crying hysterically. I only found out later that I'd been gone for seven minutes. To this day, I have no sense of how I survived that long without breathing. And, well, I didn't mention the lady. My mom was traumatized enough, and I didn't want to upset her further. But the experience changed me profoundly. For many years, I felt older than my peers, as if I was in possession of some deep knowledge. A few years later, when I was 13, I was going through my family's photo album of black and white photos when I saw the face of the lady in that sea. It was my Aunt Mary, the wife of my father... My father's brother, Derek, who died of TB when I was four. She hadn't been able to have children of her own, and she loved me so much that she wanted to adopt me. Even then, I kept what had happened to myself, only telling my ex-husband many years later. I've always found the memory strangely comforting. I don't know if our loved ones are waiting for us when we die, but I do know that when we pass away on earth, it is not the end. Oh my gosh, I just love that story. And I was kind of bummed at the end when she was like, you know, I don't know if our loved ones are waiting for us. And it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like whatever other signs do they have to give us? Your past loved ones are going freaking crazy with us doubting everything. Like what do they have to do to get the point across? Just like her aunt. Her aunt was literally waiting there for her when she was under the water for freaking seven freaking long minutes. Like her aunt must be going crazy. Like, oh my God, like I saved your life. I showed you who I was, blah, 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 blah. I told you no. And I left as if it was not your time to go. That's why I told you no. I literally don't know how to make it any clearer. (laughs) And 
sometimes I think that if they literally came down and said that, hey, you will see us after you die. Like, I'm totally right here. I still feel like that's not going to be enough for many of us. <laughs> so I just had to tell you that because put yourself in your past loved one's position. Just saying. Okay. Next is going to be a pennies from heaven story. So if you've heard me talk about pennies from heaven before, you have heard that I symbolize anyways pennies with mothers because a lot of times in my readings it's mothers who are bringing the pennies however if you have a past loved one that's associated with pennies and stuff like that then the pennies are them just like if you have a past loved one that loved quarters if you had a past loved one that loved money blue feathers purple butterflies whatever it is then you associate that with them Okay, and they know that you associate that with them, and that's a reason why they're bringing it to you. And this is a perfect example. And you know, I'm just going to get right to the story. Before my seven year old son died, I believed in signs were sent from the other side. However, looking back, I didn't really understand it as I do now. You see, I used to think that people would just see a particular sign and relate it to their loved one. Every penny randomly found would make us think of Cameron. Therefore, we would basically turn the coincidence of finding a penny into our own sign. I was so shocked to find that is not how it all worked. When Cameron died, I opened myself up to signs. This was not something I shared with my daughter. After all, she was only four years old. It was my firm belief that she needs to experience things for herself and to determine her own belief system. She knew nothing about pennies from heaven. Then she started finding pennies. There was nothing special about the day it happened, at least not that I'm aware of. This sign is hers, so I'm sure the timing would have made sense for her if she understood it. I was standing at the sink washing dishes. Melia, that's the daughter, stood nearby. I saw her bent over and pick up something. She carried it over and opened her hand to reveal a penny. It was the first time I thought about pennies from heaven. Look what I found, Mom. She put the penny on the counter beside me. I simply replied, nice find. Melia disappeared into the living room to play. Not 30 seconds passed and she was back at my side. She held up her hand again. Look, I found another penny. I thought it was quite strange. We never paid, you know, played around with cash. Because of that, we never had cash just lying around the house. So I asked her, where did you find that one? She said, I don't know. It was just sitting on the floor beside me. Again, I said nothing about Cameron or pennies from heaven. She disappeared back into the living room. Seconds went by and she came running, excited, back to the kitchen. Can you believe I just found another one? She was practically squealing with delight. I said, are you kidding me? Where are you finding these pennies? Her response nearly knocked me to the floor. With a smile being from ear to ear, she said, I know why I keep finding pennies. They are from Cameron. I think someone in heaven gave Cameron pennies and he keeps dropping them down to me. Holy crap. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? Yep. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt these pennies were from Cameron. It blew me away. Little did I know this game would continue. That at nighttime, she had found another. And now I'm going to leave you with that story. I'm going to continue on to another story, but there's more to the story. So if you want to read this story, it is on justplayinghouse.com and the link will be in the show notes for that. But I want to move on to another story. Okay. Are you ready for this one? I love it. Mm -hmm. 
undead grandma who wanted the anniversary of her death noted, okay? And this is from the thoughtcatalog.com. And it says, when I was five, my grandmother passed from breast cancer. Fast forward 10 years later, 2005, I had a dream one night that my dad decided to buy the house he grew up in, the same one we lived in for a while when I was a kid. In the dream, I was the first person to walk in the house. So I walk into the family room and I see my grandmother sitting in her chair knitting. I say, mom, mom, what are you doing here? She responds, I wanted to come down from heaven and let you know I am always watching over you and I love you very much. I woke up in a cold sweat wondering what in the world just happened. Then I go downstairs and tell my mom about my dream. And she says, wow, that's freaky. And as I inquire why, she says, Today is the 10th anniversary of when mom, mom died. Oh my gosh. Don't you just love that? It's like, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's just so comforting. It's just so amazing. It's so, like I keep on saying, heartwarming. I just can't even. I just can't even. And by the way, that's what we need to pay attention to our dreams. All right. Just a little side note. All right. Now we're going to get to our next story. And I love this one. It is Michelle Hunter from Quora.com. That's Q-U-O-R-A. All right. And Michelle writes from the UK, by the way. So just notice that as I um, read her story, she says, my mom passed away on November 4, 2003, age 54. She had an aerial tear, like, and like the click of the fingers, she was gone. In that moment, I lost my best friend, my rock, my mom. I was 33 years old, married with three daughters. During the next few months, I concentrated on helping everyone else get through this terrible time. I was a strong one. I was now put into taking care of my mom's place. I tried so hard to be the family support, helping my cousins get through breakups, heartbreak, and all the other crap families pile on each other. In March of 2004, I noticed I was feeling a bit more tired, sort of heavy and restless. I was forgetting words and getting lost in the middle of sentences. Then, on 29th of March, I woke up feeling numb down my right side. I dragged myself on the school run, then nipped into the doctors to try to get a dose of whatever would help me get on with things that I had to do. Obviously, concern, the concerned doctor immediately sent me to the hospital. My imagination was whirling. What in the heck could be wrong? The doctors were thinking a stroke, and I was on more of the side of a brain tumor. But I just kept on smiling for everyone else. Tests were done, and by 4 p.m. on March 31st, the results came back. The only problem was there was no neurologist that could discuss my results with me until 9 a.m. the next day. And by this time, I was almost sure it was a brain tumor. As you can imagine, there was not a chance of sleeping that night. As I lay in bed, it was about 2 a.m. I could hear the patient in the neighboring bed snoring. Then it happened. I felt a blanket of peace and love come over me at the same time. Someone at my bedside took my hand. I turned towards my visitor, expecting a kind-hearted nurse who had realized my inner distress. But no, there sat in the chair at the side of my bed was my mom. She was holding my hand, and then she spoke. She said, don't worry. It's not as bad as you think. You're going to be okay. And with that, she was gone. Still to this day, it brings tears to my eyes, thinking of that very moment and the peace that it brought. The next morning came at 9 a.m. and the neurologist was beside my bed explaining how I had lesions on my brain that were definitely related to a condition called multiple cirrhosis. 
and I was definitely going to be okay. 15 years later, and I'm going pretty strong, doing pretty good, and my mom was right. I am okay. Oh my gosh, don't you just love it? Oh my gosh, and I know if you're anything like me, I am just like, how come I don't have like an experience like that? Don't worry, they'll come like that when we need them to come like that. They will. But just think of it this way. They don't always come every single time that we need them to come or we feel we need them to come because, you know, that's kind of like a crutch. It's kind of like, you know, crutches when you don't need them. It's like training wheels and that kind of thing. And when you're doing okay and that kind of thing, they're not going to bother you that much. And I know you want to be bothered, so you can ask them for little signs and stuff like that, but they might not make themselves so noticeable because remember, we did not come here and sign up for a chaperone to be with us every minute of the day. You know, we came here knowing, okay, we can ask for help when we need it, when we really need it and that kind of thing. But for the most part, we're supposed to be on our own, exploring and wondering about this crazy earth that we're on. Think of it as summer camp and we are at summer camp and we're trying to have fun and not worry about our aunts and our moms and our grandmas that are back home. We can talk to them just like we can have readings or we can do our own spiritual connection and use divination tools and that's how you can communicate with them back home. But we don't need to be talking to them all of the time, right? And they will come and they will let us know if something is awry and something is going on. Just imagine that while you're on in summer camp, you know, there's cameras everywhere and they can see everything that you're going through, okay? They will intervene and come to you if and when the time is right, okay? Until then, kind of give yourself kudos because it could mean that you are doing a good job, okay? And there's no reason for them to intervene. All right, and if you have any other questions about it, I will go ahead and put in the show notes the podcast I did on getting signs from your past loved ones, okay? So I'll put some information there. So definitely check the show notes out so that you can go back and listen or re-listen to that show. All right, I hope that you enjoyed the Spirit Stories edition. Definitely subscribe. And if you thought of anyone that really needed to hear these stories, share this podcast with them. It'll mean a lot to me. And I know that'll be mean. It'll mean so much to them. I will see you on Monday.